Uno, dos, one, two, tres, cuatro. Interpretation, please. One, two, one, two, three, four. Welcome to episode eight of the One British Man English podcast. I'm your host, Lee. Yesterday I turned 34, but as they say, you're only as old as you feel. Some days I feel 21, other days I feel 45, so I'm not really sure what to make of that expression. Uh, My mum congratulated me on being 33 yesterday, so she disappeared for a year, I guess. Or maybe she just wanted to make herself feel younger. I know her little tricks. Today we're going to talk about Jeff. And yes, everyone knows Jeff. Before I tell you any more about the infamous Jeff and my encounters with him, I thought I'd just tell you a little bit about my birthday yesterday. Um, We had some glorious weather here in Finland. And like I said, I turned 34, so no lavish celebrations. I think those days have gone. Um, But we had a lovely afternoon in the sunshine with some friends. First, we drove out to the countryside and there's a family farm out there which allows guests to come and pet the animals. It's really fun for kids. So we spent an hour there. Um, There was a pig running loose. We took some alpacas for a walk, uh, fed some carrots to the rabbits and the goats. And um, yeah, it was just a nice, nice time in the sun. And then we went back to our friend's garden and set up a little picnic with some coffee and some cinnamon buns which is pretty traditional here in Finland Um, and we just sat for a few hours and chatted and then went home. So let's start by telling you a little bit about this Jeff guy. Jeff is just a name that me and my wife gave to a person with a specific type of character. You've all met a Jeff in your life probably once or twice Maybe you didn't call him Jeff. Maybe you called him something else. Maybe he was nameless. But let me describe his character and then you should be able to relate to some of the stories I'm about to tell you. The first word that comes into my head is busybody. Jeff is a busybody. And a busybody is someone who is too busy, so much so that he interferes in your business and meddles in your daily affairs. If I try to think of some busybodies off the top of my head, I'm thinking about that guy in your apartment block who is always brushing the steps or cleaning the corridors or doing something for the community, just a little bit too much, a bit over-enthusiastic. He's the security guard at the supermarket who questions you on why you're here today and checks you on the way out to make sure you haven't stolen a baguette. And very commonly, he's that office worker, the do-gooder, trying to impress the boss, trying to keep everything over-organised and over-structured. Oh, give me a break. I just realised I mentioned all of these people as men. Um, That wasn't very 2021 of me. Sorry about that. Busybodies can be female as well, of course. But in my life, they were Jeffs. They were all men. But why do we name him Jeff? Well, that story starts eight years ago when me and my wife moved from Sweden back to England and we had our first apartment in Devon. So when we first moved into this apartment, we were told by the landlord that there was a neighbour who stopped by occasionally to do some odd jobs around the building. This sounded great to us. I mean, he was going to clear the stones from the driveway. He was going to plant some flowers. He was going to probably sort the bins out. And we thought, yeah, that sounds fantastic. That saves us some work, actually. 
Um, the guy's name, of course, was Jeff. And Jeff was about 70, I think. And he probably had got to the point in his life where he needed something to do. And this became a bit of a problem because Jeff was there a lot. Every time we went outside, Jeff was sniffing around the apartment looking for things to do. He was emptying bins. He was always there. When you walked outside the front door, Jeff. Now, Jeff wasn't a horrible guy by any means, and we really appreciated some of the work that he did around the building. But it is worth saying that Jeff was, oh, I have to be careful here, but a bit senile. He wasn't 100% living in reality, and we could see this. He was often quite distant and wasn't completely focused on what he was doing. Now, I think Jeff had been living there for a long time, and he'd probably seen many tenants come and go, and he almost felt like this was his territory and that everyone had to abide by some unwritten rules that were probably created in Jeff's head. He didn't say this to us. He didn't explain these are the rules and you have to follow them. But you just got that feeling and it made us feel a little bit uneasy, and a little bit on edge sometimes. We were scared to leave anything outside the door. We had to make sure that everything was put back in the exact same place Maybe we should have done these things anyway, but you know, if we didn't, Jeff was going to get us. So one day I went on a little surf trip and when I got home, it was quite late. Usually I wash my wetsuit and I put it in a bucket of water, get all the sand off it and just throw it on the washing line. But it was a bit late, like I said, so I actually just left it in a bag, put it by the side of the bins ready to wash in the morning and I went to bed. I left it in an enclosed yard so it was really safe and the village is really safe anyway. No one was going to touch my stuff. Or were they? Jeff decided in the middle of the night to come down. I don't know what he was doing out so late but this is normally what happens with Jeffries. Jeff decided to come down in the middle of the night and look for things to do. So he obviously saw a bag, didn't bother checking what was in it threw it in the bin and by the time I got down in the morning the rubbish truck had already been and whisked my lovely winter wetsuit off to the dump never to be seen again. Cheers for that Jeff. I actually wrote to him and said is there any chance you could chip in and help me buy a new wetsuit but I might as well have wrote that letter to Santa Claus to be honest. And it's really hard with these people because they're always friendly and nice and they have good intentions so you can't get angry about it. Um, yeah, it's just one of those really tricky situations. Anyway, this was Jeff. This was my first encounter with Jeff. Round two. My second encounter with Jeff came at a Steiner School baby group. This was in England. So when my son was one years old, we took him to this baby group. And the main focus of this group was to not interfere too much in the natural development and behavior of children. And it was about this natural learning experience. So it was a group of about 10 to 15 parents with their children. And actually the parents usually sat back out of the way and the kids played and we tried not to manipulate or control that process too much. It was very interesting. It was about observing the children and just seeing how they act and how they interact with each other. We introduced each other as adults in a circle and introduced our children as well. And one of the guys there was called Jeff. Now at this point, 
The name Jeff didn't really mean anything to me, but Jeff number two was going to cement that name forever in my vocabulary. When you go to a group like this, you often get parents who are living some alternative lifestyles, very focused on um, natural and alternative education for their kids. And that's great. We are in that category. It also brings with it sometimes people who just try a little bit too hard. They try to show the other parents there that they are in touch with their spirituality, that they are living this very alternative lifestyle and they need to show this to every single person in that room. Now, I think Jeff was one of these guys. At the end of this session, the parents made like a circle. So we all sat back against the wall and all the kids could just play and interact with each other in the middle. Now, we were specifically told that it would be best to not interfere with their games and how they communicate with each other unless, now this is the important part, unless there was some danger or there was some argument between two children that, you know, was getting a bit serious. Jeff didn't really seem to pick up on this idea and he thought by letting them figure things out on their own, it meant at all costs. My son being one years old at the time, just took the toys from anyone else that was playing. So he took some like building blocks, I think, from Jeff's daughter, who was two years old. Jeff's daughter didn't like this, naturally. So she decided to pull Ted's hair. He had quite long hair. Um, She yanked on his hair and Ted was crying and she wouldn't let go. Of course, this would be a situation where we step in and say, okay, please don't pull his hair. Maybe you can play with this and you can play with this and we would solve this problem. But no, just as my wife was about to step in and solve this, Jeff put his hand in front of her and said, no, 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 let them figure it out on their own. Now, for me, this is a typical Jeff move. You know, he just wants to do a little bit too much. He takes things a little bit too seriously. Jeff, this is a one-year-old child crying, getting his hair pulled by another child. They are not going to solve this problem verbally or with any form of maturity. We're talking about little humans that pick up handfuls of mud and sand and put it in their mouth and then chew it up, thinking it's food. Come on, Jeff, they can't solve serious conflicts, not yet. But again, when my wife tried to step in, he said, no, 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 we should just watch and see how they figure it out which I thought was quite easy for him to say, seen as his daughter was the one with a handful of hair and my son was the one crying his eyes out. Much to the dismay of poor old Jeff, Ceci told him to sling his hook and she stepped in and sorted this problem out. And Jeff was finally defeated. Sorry, Jeff. It's just a little bit too much. Just chill out, yeah? And then we moved to Finland. And I thought we'd left the army of Jeffs behind, but I was wrong. Now, my third encounter with Jeff was far less confrontational, but it went on for a long time. Jeff lived in the same apartment block as us, and we were there for a good three years. Similarly to the first Jeff encounter, Jeff was everywhere. I couldn't believe it. Jeff used to cycle from our apartment and just kind of wander around the city on his bike. But everywhere I went, I saw Jeff. When I was waiting at the train station, Jeff was there. He wasn't catching a train, but he was just cycling around on the platform. When I went to the swimming pool and I come out, Jeff is there in the car park, just sat there on his bike. 
When I go for a walk in the forest on the other side of the city, who rides past me? Jeff. Jeff, why are you following me? If you're not following me, why are you always there? I figured out Jeff is always there because he's everywhere. And that's the idea of a busybody. He's everywhere all the time. It's not that he's following me personally. It's just that he's always out and about doing something. You just can't avoid him. And now he's kind of stuck in my head and I'm waiting for him around every corner. Jeff first came to my attention when I noticed him cleaning the corridors underneath our apartment. Um, I wondered who he was. I thought maybe he was some janitor or some maintenance guy. But no, turns out he was just another resident in the building who took on some extra tasks himself, maybe just to keep himself occupied. I then found out that Jeff also had the keys to all the doors in the apartment block. I don't mean our door specifically, but I mean the cleaning cupboard, the sauna, the washing room. He held the keys. He was the master. So I guess whoever owned this building understood that Jeff was willing to take on this extra role and they entrusted him with these keys. Great, he provides a kind of service. I'm not sure if he was paid for it, very unlikely. Once in the middle of the winter, I woke up at about 12 o'clock midnight to this sound. What is that? What is that sound? I opened the window and Jeff's outside clearing snow from the steps at midnight. He's also got this kind of snow plow and he's clearing like the driveway and the road. Um, not even around the apartment, just on the road close to us at 12 o'clock. Obviously, it makes quite a loud noise. It was at that moment I understood we had another Jeff on our hands. The Finnish Jeff. I actually didn't know his real name at this point. And quite honestly, I don't care. To me, he's Jeff. Just so you can build a picture, here's a few other things I've seen Jeff do. I've seen him get up early in the morning, go to the bins, dig through the old newspapers find something he likes and then just lean against the bin there reading a newspaper for an hour or so. That's a little bit strange. Uh, I've seen him cycle off on his beloved bike in the middle of the night with some water tank on the back in the basket and then he returns maybe an hour later and it's full of some green liquid and I have no idea what it is. To be honest, I don't think he really has an agenda I think he's just doing these things by habit and he, and he doesn't really know what's going on. Um, I like it, to be honest. I like having Jeff around. But it does beg the question, how are these guys actually doing if we're talking about serious mental health issues? These guys are harmless. They can fend for themselves. I'm sure they're okay. But obviously their psychological state isn't the best. And is anyone keeping an eye on that? I don't know. I am anyway. I see Jeff. I'm watching him. He's a cool guy. If he's in trouble, I'll know about it. Yeah, maybe that's why I was put on this planet. To look after Jeff. I later found out that Jeff's real name is Seppel. So I'd like to dedicate this episode to Seppel of Vasa, Finland. You're welcome. Well, that's the end of my little story. Hope you liked it. Why don't you head over to the Telegram group? It's One British Man English Podchat on Telegram. And maybe you can share some stories of your own experiences with a Jeff character. It would be great to hear them. And I'm sure there are some funny stories floating around somewhere. For those of you who are new here, 
The pod chat on Telegram is a chance for you to interact with me and other listeners of the podcast and to practice writing a little bit in English and just learn some extra vocabulary related to this podcast. Well, that's the end of part one. Let's head over to part two where we can learn some everyday English language which you can apply immediately. And if you've got any questions, you know where to find me on the pod chat. No lavish celebrations. I think those days have gone. Lavish. Lavish is an adjective which means rich or elaborate or luxurious. Let me give you some examples for context. I could say every room in the five-star hotel was full of lavish furnishings. It means the interior furniture was very luxurious. I could also say the lavish buffet included filet mignon, shrimp cocktails and European caviar. That he interferes in your business and meddles in your daily affairs. To meddle. To meddle in something is to interfere. And it's usually you interfering in something that is none of your concern. Basically, it's none of your business, mate, all right? Here's a little example for you. Mum, stop meddling in my life and interfering in my business. I'm 34 years old. Now, Jeff wasn't a horrible guy by any means. By any means. This means in any way at all. I'm going to give you a sentence and it's going to give you some context and it's going to explain how exactly we use this in a conversation. Just keep in mind the tones that I use in my voice and the point that I'm trying to get across. So the sentence I'm going to use is, I'm not poor by any means. This means I'm not poor in any way at all. So imagine I'm having a conversation about going on holiday next week and I say to a friend, I shouldn't really be going on holiday. I haven't got enough money at the moment. This could suggest that I'm poor. But what I want to do is clear up any confusion and tell that person I'm not poor. I'm not actually poor. I just don't have any money at the moment. So the conversation will go like this. I shouldn't really be going on holiday next week. I haven't got that much money at the moment. I'm not poor by any means, but I do need to be a bit careful with my cash. Another little example, I'm running a marathon next week. Yeah, it should be fine. It's not easy by any means, but I'll be fine. Again, in this example, I suggested that the marathon might be easy and that's why I'll be okay. But I wanted to clear up that confusion and say, it's not easy by any means. Oh, I have to be careful here, but a bit senile. Senile. Senile is an adjective we use to describe someone who has lost their mental capabilities and it's mostly related to old age. So if you've had a grandma or a granddad who starts to wear down a bit towards the end of their life and they aren't quite with it, then we can consider them senile. It's sometimes used as a bit of a jokey term. Um, people use it even with their friends, even if they're younger. Someone who's a bit forgetful, um, a bit distant and dizzy sometimes. This word is thrown around a little bit, but at the end of the day, it does have an actual serious meaning and it's regarding mental health. You just got that feeling and it made us feel a little bit uneasy, a little bit on edge sometimes. On edge. 
On edge is a nice phrase which describes the feeling of being tense or nervous about a specific situation. So if you are on edge, you are definitely not relaxed. You are anticipating something bad that's about to happen. I actually wrote to him and said, is there any chance you could chip in and help me buy a new wetsuit? Chip in. Chip in is a phrasal verb. You should think about the verbs to contribute or to donate. So if you chip in, you contribute your part of a joint cost. Let me give you another example. Oh, it's Bob's birthday on Wednesday. Maybe you want to chip in and we'll buy him a bigger present. That was a weird accent. It was like a middle-aged Yorkshire woman in an office. I don't know. Um, She yanked on his hair and Ted was crying and she wouldn't let go. To yank. If you yank something, you pull it with this jerky movement. So the best example for this is pulling someone's hair. You would yank at someone's hair. You could also yank at a rope. Maybe if you were trying to release something, you would yank it to try and pull it free. Um, Yeah, we don't use it very often. By the way, The noun yank is a pretty mm, derogatory term for an American in Britain. So we call them yanks, but um, I wouldn't say that to an American's face. I don't think they like it very much. Much to the dismay of poor old Jeff, dismay. Dismay is a noun. And if I give you some synonyms, it would be surprise, distress, shock. So we usually use it in this kind of context. We say, to someone's dismay. I could say something like, she returned to her car after she'd been to the shop, but to her dismay, she found that she'd locked the keys inside the boot. No. And there we have it. Another episode done and dusted. For those of you who are interested you might like to head over to my website, which is www.speaktolead.com. Over there, you can find some information about my English conversation tutoring, my proofreading services, some narration work that I do, um, and lots of other stuff. Also, for you book lovers out there, a little bit of an update. I had my first interview last week with an author, a California-based author by the name of Christina Hogue. She's going to be on the show shortly. She's going to talk about her two second edition released novels. It's going to be really nice and exciting, some interesting and hard topics there that she's going to talk about. It's not going to be out until probably end of May because we're going to tie it in with her official release dates. But all of that is to come. That's enough from me. It's quite late here. I'm off to bed. Thanks for listening and I will see you very, very soon. Good night and sweet dreams. I could have been Eric Cantona If not for that girl and my aching heart So here I am Overweight and underdressed Bathing in some old turf